Praise God. What a blessing to have you guys with us here for another episode of Kingdom Concepts. Man, we've been enjoying doing this program mm -hmm. so much, and we appreciate you for coming and being a part of this. And man, we would love to know what you think about this program, how it's benefiting you, or if there's subject matter that you'd like us to oh, yes. address here idea. on the show. We are so open, amen, because we want to make sure that we're, we're touching on things that are relevant for who you are and where you're at. And man, we have a good time doing this. We do. And right now, it's such a beautiful season in the body of Christ. You know, we've been watching the Lord just moving mightily within families and in marriages and within individuals' lives. I mean, even in our own family, mm -hmm. you know, just watching the hand of God, Amen. just taking us into that future and that destiny, you know, that He has for us, especially in these, these end times. I know. You know, so many folks are so caught up about, you know, the challenges that are taking place in the world and the, the negativity. And for me, it's like Jesus said, hey, when you see these things happening, he said, man, look up, rejoice, because your redemption's getting closer. Yeah. And so for us, it's a, it's a time of celebration because we know that every promise that God has given to us, mm -hmm. every dream that he's authored in our hearts and our lives, those things are going to come to pass in this season. That's right. And so there's a there's a preparation. That's right. And there's a change. That's right. That we're you know, feeling. I think when people people are looking at the news, looking at the things that are happening all over, really bad stuff all over, yeah. you know. But if you look back, it's always been there. Mm -hmm. There's always been wars, there's always been rumors of war. It's always been there, but sometimes if we get caught up in what's happening in the news, get caught up in what's happening in the world. It's very relevant and we mm -hmm. need to know. You need to be informed of what's happening oh, yeah. in the news. You, you need to, even in politics, you need to be informed. But I think our focus can shift if we're not grounded in our word and it becomes daunting. It becomes overwhelming about what's happening. And instead of just going, okay, wait a minute, there's always an answer in the word. Mm -hmm. What 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 do I do? You know what? You just need you need to pray. You need to make sure that you're praying for what's happening. Praying, uh, you know, for yourself. Praying for your family, and don't take the care on yourself. You can't be freaking out about this or yeah, that right. or what's happening. You can't because gonna it can consume you. It can consume you. Wake up listening to the news. Going to bed listening to the news, and it can be consuming and we can't have that you know you, you lose your focus and you lose why you're here mm -hmm. if you're so concerned about the world yes we're in this world but you know what there's a place and a purpose for us and because there's a place and a purpose for us god will see us through everything yeah. you know Amen. we're in the world but we're not of it that's and, right that's and, right you know and, and life's gonna happen and satan's gonna try to do things that disturb Amen. our peace but, you know, I, I think the thing that's a challenge right now for so many people is that we're in that place where the Bible says they're going to start calling good evil and oh, evil yes. good. We're in a place where, you know, where the enemy, you know, Satan knows that his time is short. And I think that us, the body of Christ, we need to understand that if his time is short, our time is short. That's right. And there's going to be persecution. That, I think that's the challenge right now. So many folks are seeing more persecution coming for their faith but it's like you said it's always been there it's just the places it's showing up it's never been there like it is now and so you know our hope is in the lord and and i think that as we keep our eyes upon him god will prepare us for where he's taking us and we won't get caught up that's right in the challenges you know that others are succumbing to and yeah. you know today we're gonna to be talking about a very important subject and that is marriage uh, more so complacency in marriage. And you and I, you know, we got a lot of things to say about marriage because 
we've had a great marriage and there was a time when we had a bad marriage, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I think that in stepping towards this, that this episode is going to really help a lot of people. Amen. Well, like you said earlier, just the attack on things. There's such an attack on the unit of marriage, such an attack on, on me and the family. We talked about the family earlier. If you haven't seen that episode, please watch that. But there's such an attack on the family unit and the marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays it's like marriage is, you know, if you get married, you get married. If you uh, get divorced, you get divorced. I mean, some people even go into marriage going, yeah, this is my first marriage. It's like, what do yeah. you mean? They're already planning for their second one. Oh, it's only your, I've heard that before. This is only your first marriage. I'm like, you know, and, and there's been a lot of times, we know, we know a lot of people that have gone through divorce and remarriage. They're, God's healed them, blessed them, and, and they've done that. But you don't go into marriage thinking it's the first one. And yeah. you know, you're going to have another one soon. You don't go into that. But I think it's the perception of the world. You know, what we're talking about, the world and what they perceive marriage to be. It's, they perceive it as a as a, um, a contract, not a covenant, you know, yeah. an attack on the marriage. And we, you know, we just want to talk about the importance of marriage and not allowing complacency and the things of the world that are happening to come into your marriage. Amen. Yeah, because God, you know, God has his best for us That's in right. every area. And he has a vision and a purpose, not only for your life, but he has a vision and a purpose for bringing you together with that special somebody. That's right. You know, so whether you're on this side of marriage or maybe you're single watching this program yes. today, understand that how you begin says a lot about how things are going to turn out. That's right. And so when it comes to marriage, when we started off, we just knew we loved each other. That's right. And, and we thought that would be enough. And we found out after getting into it, some things begin to shift. And we were so young. You know, we got married when we were 19. And here we are almost 30 years later. And... You're telling people our age. Don't tell them our age. <laughs> yeah. We, but, you know, age is an attitude. As long as you have a good attitude. That's right. That's age right. is never a problem. I still feel 30. <laughs> but, you know, but we've seen, you know, how complacency, that selfishness is what it is. You know, pride. You know, when you put self before any relationship you're going to have trouble oh yes because there's going to come a place where you know that selfishness is just so bold and so loud and so evident and it's going to come at the expense of the relationship it happened to us it happened to us at the very beginning you remember that yeah and and we're going to cover some of those things as we step into mm -hmm. this and you know, let, let's begin by looking at the first marriage. You know, God created Adam and Eve, you know, and he, and he had them in this beautiful garden. And we see right here the purpose for God creating marriage. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, uh, we begin in verse 18. Um, I want to read out the New American Standard. Okay. You want to read it or you want me to? I have it right here. Then the Lord said, it is not good for the, for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground, the Lord um, God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them and whatever the man called the living creature, creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to, the, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a, into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, 
the man shall leave his wife, his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So we see right here God's original intent for marriage. God created man in his image. In the same way God wanted to have someone there with him, us, you know, God understood that even though a, a dog might be man's best friend, <laughs> a man a man can only have so much relationship with a dog. You know, he, God seen there was a need for fellowship. Mm -hmm. There was a need for him to have a companion. That's right. Someone that he could celebrate that garden with. Someone that could celebrate that life and the responsibilities of life with. So God took from Adam. God caused the sleep to come upon him. And the Bible says that he pulled a rib out. And what I find so amazing, you know, you hear this often spoken in, in weddings, that God didn't take a bone from Adam's foot. You know, because God didn't intend for us to be walking on, you know, women, you know, treading upon women. But God took her from the closest thing to a man's heart, which is his rib. And from there, God created a helpmate for Adam. And the Bible says right here that, man, that, that when he seen her, he was so caught. And I'm just paraphrasing it. He was so caught in, in the beauty of, of who Eve was. And, and his heart was so close to where a miracle took place. You know, the Bible says that the two became one flesh. And... The greatest miracle that you can equate that to if you're single, especially, and you're a Christian, is that when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, Amen. a miracle took place to where the Bible says that we are now one with the Lord. You know, he is yours and you are his. And that's the same miracle because it's the same Holy Spirit that joins us to God is the same Holy Spirit that joins us together in a marriage, in a marriage covenant. Mm -hmm. And what's beautiful is that when God's the one that puts that relationship together notice it says that god brought her to adam mm. you know what i'm saying adam wasn't out beating the bushes looking for an eve you know god prepared her for him but notice that god prepared adam first and it was out of that preparation that god brought what he needed mm -hmm. which was this woman and the bible says that they were both naked and unashamed well, I think, you know, if you're single, you know, if you're single right now and you know God prepared Adam and God prepared Eve for each other, I think right now at the single stage, it's time to prepare yourself, prepare yep. yourself for Absolutely. marriage, you know, begin to seek the Lord and ask him what he would have you uh, invest yourself in, you know, change. There's things in ourselves that we need to change before, you know, be, before we go into marriage covenant. And I, and I hear this a lot and I know it's from a movie. When they find somebody and they say, oh, you complete me or you complete me. And I always say, you know, there's there's a whole person, there's a whole person, and then a whole person. And both those whole people need to come together. If you have a half a person and a half a person, and then you come together, you still have a half. A person cannot be completed by another person. Mm -hmm. You have to be a whole before you find somebody else and find a whole person. And together, you're, to, you're, you're one whole person, not a half and a half. Mm -hmm. So I don't need you to, I love you, and I, and I adore you, and I, I need you. I, I love everything about you, but I don't need you to complete me because mm -hmm. I'm complete in Christ. You mm -hmm. know, same with you. You're complete in Christ. I don't want a half of you. I want you to be whole in Christ and me in Christ. So if you're single, make sure you're whole before you try to find somebody. That's right, because God's not going to bring you into a relationship where there's some assembly required. Oh, you know, that God's going to... grow together. Yes, we absolutely. grow together. You, you start off in a position to where you complement each other. Mm -hmm. 
to where the, the things that are inside of you, God put those things inside of you for me, your husband. Mm -hmm. And God put things inside of me that are there to compliment you and to satisfy you as my wife. Together, you know, that's that's where we find so much satisfaction because we know that it's God that put us together. That's why the Bible says, what God has put together, let no man pull apart. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for us to understand that, you know, and to be in that position, you know, like he said, or the man and his wife, they were both naked and unashamed. It means that they seen each other completely for who they were and there was no darkness between them. They were free to be themselves with that spouse. And I think that Satan comes to attack that because, you know, every relationship, you know, uh, especially marriage, it, you know, it's like prayer. It can always use improvement. And you have to be looking at how you can better yourself for that person. Yes. I think complacency steps in when your focus becomes how good you are and how much that person needs to change. Oh, yes. How much you're putting into this relationship, but that person's not. You know, it's that ego. It's that selfishness. It's being self-conceited. It's being unteachable. Mm -hmm. You don't want to change. You Why should I have to change? You know, and when you have that kind of mentality start growing in a relationship, it'll it'll stunt mm -hmm. the growth of that relationship and even end it. I remember uh, when we first got saved, the one of the most, uh, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes in and he shares something with you and mm -hmm. it just sticks with you, stays with you for the rest of your life. It's something really important. I remember when we first got saved, uh, it was so much turmoil and so much uh, junk in our marriage when we got saved and we had to sift through all that and we had to basically heal from so many things and I remember um, just one time I was crying and I was upset. I was in the room and I, me and you had just had a big fight. You left and uh, you went to go to work or I don't even remember where you went and I went to the room and I was in there and I was crying out to the Lord and I was just you know, telling God how he needed to change you and he needed to tell you this and he needed to do this to you and he needed to do all this stuff to you. And I just began praying and all of a sudden I was like, you know, I better pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, I started praying and then I just felt the Holy Spirit just come into the room and I knew I needed to be quiet. I knew he was about to tr to drop this huge truth bomb and I was ready because he was going to tell me <laughs> what to do and to say to you that was going to fix you. I knew that. He walked in and he just said to me, you know, I well, I into my in me, I felt like he walked in that room, you know, and I just remember him saying to me, "Liana, you need to quit praying. God changed Josh." And I was like, "Okay, where do I need to pray?" Cuz that's Hallelujah. not working. <laughs> I was like, "That's not working." And he said, "You need to pray, Lord, change me." And I remember going, what? <laughs> What's wrong with me, you know? But, you know, it was the, that second. And I said, okay, Lord. So I just began to pray, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. And I really felt like at that moment in our marriage, something shifted mm -hmm. to where it was no longer what you needed to change, no longer what, what I didn't like about you, what you needed to change. It was about what I needed to change in myself. And I feel like it because I changed what I feel like for me, what changed into me was I wasn't so easily irritated anymore. I wasn't so easily upset, easily, you know, angered. So it changes me and it caused a change in our marriage. Yeah. Well, because you know what you put, you know, your, your, you, you put yourself down, Yes. you know, and, and you allowed God, you know, to change things to, 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 mm -hmm. to better us. And I mean, you think about before a marriage. And or, I told you about that. I told you about mm -hmm. that. When you came home, I told you about mm -hmm. that because I wanted it to be, 
I wanted to be accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I remember sharing that. Well, God had been talking to me too, because I was praying the same thing you were praying. Oh Lord, you need to change <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, God, you need to have her quit doing this. And God, you need to talk to your daughter. And and I remember every time I would talk to God about you, he'd, he'd start talking about me. No, let's talk about you, Josh. And I'm like, I didn't, I, I didn't start praying to talk about me, Lord. I, you know, and I just finally, I don't want to talk to you no more, God. God's <laughs> telling me, you need to change, Josh. And, but, you know, I think that when it comes to, uh, you know, a healthy relationship, number one, the best relationship is the one that God puts together because it's, it's perfect and God knows it's perfect. And, and as God puts two people together, you know, you'll have some adjustment period that you go through. But, you know, it, again, it's not an assembly period. And I think that when it comes to having a healthy relationship, especially if you're single or if you're just getting married, um, you know, there are certain things that should be in place, Mm -hmm. you know, when you begin. And those things should remain after you've been married. And I'd say the first thing is passion. Well, well, let's touch on that before you begin and after you're married. Because in my opinion, and what I've seen, uh, uh, somebody's dating, mm-hmm. somebody finds their spouse, finds that one that got them, and all this stuff that you're going to talk about, because I see in our notes here, all this stuff you're going to talk about, it's so evident mm-hmm. in that pursuing stage. That's mm-hmm. so evident in that pursuing stage, but it's like, then what happens after? Mm-hmm. Well, I think what starts off is, you know, is you find that person, and, and there's a passion, a flame that starts getting ignited, you know, to where, you know, you... Your, your heart's burning when you think of them and when you see them and when you're with them. You know, there's a passion that begins to, to grow to where you, you can't get enough, you know, and, and you're not, you've, you don't feel that way just about everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's, you know, this person is the one that, man, you've never felt this with before. God when, it's a, the, when it's a God. When it's a God thing. When it's a God thing. There's a passion that's there. And, and so you have to bring passion into that relationship. You don't want to have a cold relationship. You want to begin with passion. Passion that's controlled by the Spirit of God. Exactly. Not passion that's out of control, you know, where you wind up doing things you shouldn't do. Passion is good when Mm -hmm. you're not married. It's good for you to have passion for your spouse. But passion, if it's not controlled by the Holy Ghost, will turn into lust. Mm -hmm. And and they will mess it up. So, godly passion. Yeah, godly passion. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you have to do is, there has to be a purpose for that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, uh... There, where do you see yourself going in this relationship with each other? Mm-hmm. You know, where do you want, as a husband, you know, it's where do I want to take this woman? Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm, I'm called to, to, to be the priest of, of this home and, and the minister of this relationship. Where am I going to lead, mm-hmm. you know, this woman? It's, it's looking towards the other one. Man, you know, what's going to bring out the best in her? What's going right. to make her happy? And, and when you're thinking that way about each other, you know, you have a purpose for the relationship, right. not just the purpose is we're going to get married, you know, so we can have children or whatever. That's it. Your, your purpose is to please the other. Mm-hmm. And I think the next thing that comes in is that you have to value. There has to be a value system. You know, me, I, man, I, I valued you so much. I'd get off of work and, man, I would drive you know, 50 miles to go hang out with you and then turn around and drive home. You know, I, I valued time with you. I valued every moment with you. And, and again, it was passion. There was purpose. Granted, I wasn't saved, but man, I wanted to be with you. And, and so passion, purpose, and value. And the thing is that when you value somebody, um, you're going to cherish, you know, the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And it causes investment. You invest the time. Yes, you which in- is another thing. Yes, investment. You invest, Absolutely. You invest the time. 
you decide, you know what, you're going to go do this extra thing. You, you invest things in finances, you invest yourself, you invest in everything to be with this person mm -hmm. to, in your marriage, you invest that time, you invest your, yourself and everything in this person. Communication is another really, really big thing. Oh, huge. That's one oh, the number so one thing. If that you, we... if you're, if you're just dating right now, I'm going to just talk to you really quick. If you're just dating right now and there is no communication. I don't know who, who you're dating or anything, but if you have no communication, I'm not talking communication, yelling communication. I'm talking talking communication. You need to reevaluate if this is who the Lord has mm -hmm. for you. And if it is, you need to figure out communication. And if you're constantly fighting and you're not even married and there's constant argument and fight and strife, you really need to reevaluate because you should be in your your pursuing stage and your purpose stage and your, you know, valuing stage. And if you're already arguing and having issues, then you really need to evaluate if you're even supposed to be together. Yeah, because, and again. And I want to break anybody up. Yeah. I'm telling you. Just, just cut and run, baby. Mm -hmm. Just cut and run. <laughs> but it goes back to complacency. Yes. Because when you, when you don't want to change because you like the way you are, you like the way things are done, you, you want your way. Again, that's complacent. That's pride. It's mm -hmm. ego. And and the, the, the truth of the matter is this, is that when God brings you into a relationship, you know, that's heading for a marriage, mm -hmm. you know, you are really stepping into what we call death to independent living. That's right. In order for there to be a new life, one flesh, there has to be a death to the old life, which is me, myself, and I. And, and that right there is one of the number one challenges mm -hmm. that we see in married couples is that selfishness. Mm -hmm. It's when the person, they, they their passion goes away, yeah. when their communication is cut off and they're having silent treatments, you know. Okay. They're living in the same house, but it's like they're miles away from each other. It's that they stop doing all the things before marriage. Mm -hmm. They stop doing the passion, the purpose, the Investments value, and... the investment, the communication. It's you're married and all of a sudden all of those things take a back burner because you're already married or you're already, or if they are not married, you already have a boyfriend. You already have a girlfriend. You already caught them. You already got them. The conquest is done. You're the mm -hmm. conqueror. And instead of being the conqueror, uh, uh, that has, uh, you know, begins to nurture and begins to, to flourish in that relationship, mm -hmm. in that marriage, it becomes the conqueror and the conquered and you're going nowhere. And you, and you see things begin to change all of a sudden. That dude quits taking showers. Oh gosh! Before it's like the guy would put on like five different kinds of cologne, and and it, you know, and now it doesn't shower. The girl, you know, quits combing her hair. You know, quits <laughs> dressing up. You know, she's wearing greasy sweats and stuff. You know, oh, when they babe. get together, you know what I'm saying? The the all of those things change. The value system changes. The purpose for that relationship changes. Everything changes. And this is the thing that Satan will send a counterfeit. Oh, he'll yes. he'll he'll send somebody in that will be all of those things again that your relationship started as. And I know for us that, uh, man, we lost all those things. Mm -hmm. It's because we didn't have God. But when we put our lives in God's hands, man, God brought everything back. It wasn't so much that we were looking for love. We had lost love. Mm -hmm. And God put love back where love had been lost. God put passion back where passion was gone. He put, you know, value, investment, our communication. I mean, we, we learned to be able to talk about anything, even if things would hurt, yes. we, we, we learned how to talk. And so, you know, it's so important that you don't allow complacency, you know, to, to bring you, you know, you don't want to start off complacent. You don't want to start off with a prideful person that it's all about them and what they can get out of the relationship, not what they can put into it. 
you definitely don't want your relationship to start off to where everything is other centered, but then you start pulling back. Amen. And so, I mean, what would you, what would your advice be to those watching today that may be single or thinking about marriage or are currently married? What, what would you tell them in this? Well, time? if you're single right now, reevaluate. You know, if you're single right now, just remember to pray, ask God to bring that special someone in your life. But while you're single, ask God to show you the things that you need to invest yourself in. Show the, the things that you need to change. Yes, we need change sometimes. Ask Him to do that. If you're in a relationship right now and you've lost passion, purpose, value, investment, com communication, if you lost those things, you need to ask the Lord to bring them back or you need to reevaluate if this relationship is where you need to be. And if you're married right now, begin to ask the Lord to bring that passion back in your life, to bring that that value back in your life to for your spouse. And, and not, not just, Lord, change them. Don't pray that. Don't pray that. You ask the Lord to fix you. You know, it's not about working on your marriage. It's about working on yourself. And in working in ourselves, God will work on us. And God will work on our marriage. Amen. That's right. Amen. God bless you. Thank you once again for joining us for Kingdom Concepts.